NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. The numbers told the story they always do. It's one of those idiots who believe in analytics. This is a numbers game with Gil Alexander on VSIN. Tuesday edition of a numbers game presented by BetMGM. I am not Gil Alexander. I am Matt Brown stepping in for my friend and yours for the rest of the week. Much deserved R&R for our friend Gil Alexander. So it'll be me and Kelly Bidlin behind the glass getting you through the week after the Super Bowl. And just because we are done with the Super Bowl does not mean we are done with football. We will talk our power ratings a little bit later in the show as we head into the offseason. We'll also talk to Sia Najad about some NFL topics as well as some golf, of course. Sam Monson from Pro Football Focus will also join us to talk some NFL. And we're going to talk the other sports as well. Jake Hahn, give us a little NHL talk. And then Kai McKeon, we'll talk some college basketball with him as we head into bubble watch season here for March Madness. But Kelly... We, uh, we got a coach for the uh, Indianapolis Colts now. It is going to be Shane Steichen, the former offensive coordinator there for the Eagles. Now, this was widely rumored yesterday to be going down. It made official today. And so one of the teams, one of the very last teams to go ahead and get a head coach here. And you look at this Colts team. They hold the fourth pick in the mm-hmm. draft. We figure that they will try to make a move. I mean, that seems to be the rumor. They'll try to make some sort of move. But everybody's going to be coming after that Bears number one pick that needs a quarterback for sure. They are in that AFC South division, right, that is far from a lock as to who may or may not come out of that division. I mean, we assume that Jacksonville is going to take a big step next year with what they were able to put together at the end of this season. Doug Peterson getting a full year to kind of prepare with all of that. But uh, I think all in all, good hire here for this Colts team, and I see why they kind of held out. Yeah, it's, uh, I, I get it. Obviously, he did great things with the Philadelphia offense. Um, I mean, everything we saw, even in the Super Bowl with Jalen Hurts um, and everything that team, that offense has done this whole season. Uh, look, I think it's a good hire. I think it's always it's always tough to grade these things immediately, right? Yeah. It's the, hey, if you get that Eagles offense right there in Indianapolis, yeah, this is a great hire. Um, I, I what, a couple words that stuck out to me with what you just said there. Assuming in the AFC South, because man, did we do a lot of assuming last year with yeah. this Colts team taking down that division, and that didn't work out so well. So, I, look, I think Indianapolis is one of those teams where it, it, they are a question of how far away are they, yeah. right? And and it's you know we had much different thoughts on that at this time last year as maybe we do right now. Yeah, it's really interesting because I'm wondering if there's at least a little recency bias here in these odds as well. So, I mean, you look, still got Jonathan Taylor, still have Michael Pittman, DeForest Buckner, Rodney McLeod, Stephon Gilmore played at a high level last season as well. Now, look, free agency is going to shake everything up and what they can and can't do and and who they can re-sign and who they can't, and, and we know all of that. But 
three above average to good offensive linemen as well to go with all that. I mean, there's not a lot of difference in what we were kind of looking at with this team last year heading in this year, other than the fact that we don't really know who's going to be playing quarterback for them. But I mean, I, I look at this and say, they, Kelly, there are only two teams with worse odds to win the Super Bowl than this Indianapolis Colts team. <laughs> yeah. It is only the Texans <laughs> and Cardinals that have worse odds to win the Super Bowl than this Colts team. And so if we kind of look at the fundamental pieces of this team and the reasoning that we were that we were on them last year heading in, it's not that different because as we found out, I mean, Matt Ryan, who we thought was not washed, wasn't We thought actually, he was going to be fine because he was actually, two years yes, ago. Yes, yeah. but it was washed, actually. <laughs> ended up being washed in, in this whole situation. So, I mean, if they're able to get that one pick, and we know they'll be aggressive along with several other teams that are going to be aggressive, and then they bring in that guy. Now, whether that guy is Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud or if they're going to take a swing for the fence with the whole Will Levis thing or, or Anthony Richardson, whatever it might be, if that guy can come in and just play at a – league average level, I mean, even a league average level, we, again, we assume the Jags are going to be better. We don't know the Jags are going to be better. I assume that Trevor Lawrence kind of turned the corner there towards the end of last season. I can't say that that's going to carry over into next year as it is anyway. So I'm, I'm not out on the fact that maybe this Colts team could be live in this division. Like I'm not completely out on that. The Titans are certainly no team that we're going to be going into the off season thinking that they're some sort of juggernaut. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the I, I mean, the one I would think they're a team. Okay, we got to preface this with Latte. Assuming they fall in love with one of these quarterbacks, right. I would assume they are a team that you have to watch out for for trying to make that trade mm-hmm. to number one. That might also be the appeal, uh, you know, to anybody that you're bringing in for a head coaching search, right? If you know you're going to be aggressive in the draft and you kind of get your pick of the litter when it comes to these quarterbacks. Um, that could be a big, big deal. So, I don't know. This could be the start of a very, very, very active offseason for the Indianapolis Colts. And, look, we know they have an aggressive owner. Uh, Mm. We know they fell way, way short of expectations last year. So, yeah, and like you said, there's still the building blocks in place, I think, to make this a quality team. And we need to keep in mind still, I mean, part of the reason we made bets on this team last year, you made bets on them, right? Or am I just speaking for myself? Okay, okay. Yeah, I did. Yeah. I thought you yeah. did, but yeah. I, didn't want to, <laughs> I didn't want to put you in that losing game. <laughs> no, 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 no those were toast real quick. Yes, uh, yes, absolutely. Was on that. But, you know, as we learned last year, yes, I think the I think the Jaguars, especially at the end of last the last half of last season, proved they really are on their way up, and those young pieces are really starting to look like NFL pieces. But this division still isn't all that great. You know what I mean? Like, so to your point, if the Colts make a massive rise back up in this division next year. I don't think anybody should be surprised. Yeah, and I, I, I look here, and we we are all assuming Chicago is going to trade out of this number one pick. Honestly, they should. They're, they want a defensive player as it is anyway. You're going to be able to get a defensive player further down in the draft. They have all this cap space. that They're going to be able to acquire all these different players. They're going to get some additional picks whenever they give up this number one pick. So they should, in fact, be in full rebuild mode. They've got to get out of this number one pick. And so you do look. Houston's going to need a quarterback. Indianapolis is going to need a quarterback. That's your number two pick. That's your number four pick. Is it out of the realm of possibility that Seattle could be in play? I mean, are they really sold on Geno Smith? Who knows? They're sitting there with a five pick. We know the Vegas Raiders are going to need a quarterback sitting with that seventh pick. Atlanta, are they sold on Desmond Ritter, right? I mean, Carolina needs a quarterback. So we are in a very quarterback-heavy and quarterback-needy draft right here with a bunch of teams with picks that are inside 
that top 10. And then you look at some of these teams that may or may not be able to pull off something incredibly creative. We know the Saints need a quarterback. They got a, ended up acquiring a first-round pick so that they might be able to flip for something, maybe some players along the way as well. We know Tampa is going to need a quarterback. There are just an incredible amount of teams that could fill some slots here, which is why when these props come out, Kelly, I am very, very interested at what the books are going to hang the over-under on quarterbacks in the first round at. Because you can't do three and a half because four is definitely going. We had a heated debate on Big Bets about this last week. What do you think the number is? I I think they, I think, honestly, I think they take the easy way out and, and go flat four. And just say, we'll take the push. I like, think so. Like, I think so, too. I think they hang it at flat four. It is almost certain four going. And yeah. then it would take a team falling in love with a fifth guy, which we know has happened before, right? Like, You're right. You get right. to that, like, 31, 32, and some of these teams. Someone swoops back in. They, they swoop back in. Or you look at, again, so let's say they can't make a move, right? New Orleans has the 30th pick in the draft right now, right? They need a quarterback. They can't get a deal done to get up in the draft. So maybe they just look at that guy that, that might not be there in the second round for them. They just say, hey, look, it's worth getting the fifth-year fifth, fifth year option on him, so we'll go ahead and, and take a quarterback there. So I think they hang it at a flat four and are willing to just push a million tickets. So I, think I'm, I think I'm betting it regardless, though, because if it's four, I'm betting over and no, just kind of knowing I have the push protection. Yeah. And if it's four and a half, I'm hammering the under. Yeah. Ex- yes, exactly. And if it's three and a half, I will – I can't imagine the amount of money I'm. I will. I will be on a plane, hopping state to state to state to get down as much money on the over as Robbing humanly possible. Banks to put that yes. in. Yeah. They are no. They are not passing on Anthony Richardson in this first round. I know that there are all kinds of accuracy issues. I know that there are all kinds of decision making issues and all of that. But you hear these guys that do this for a living, and they say, as far as athleticism goes, he's the most freak athlete to come into the draft since Cam Newton. He has more, he has even better kind of upside than Cam Newton does because his arm is not just good. It's like elite, elite rocket. Yeah, it's like elite, elite rocket arm type situation. And there's just not going to be, there's too many teams that need someone. And Josh Allen became Josh Allen, even though all of these comps essentially were the same. It's like, hey, this guy, he's inaccurate, but look at his athleticism and look at his arm and all this. Josh Allen made Anthony Richardson a first-rounder for sure, and Josh Allen made Anthony Richardson a ton of money. That's for sure as well to show that once you get in the NFL and you start working with these dudes, you can actually turn things around a little bit. So, yeah, four going for sure. And so, like you said, if it's flat four, you just bet the over knowing you're you're pushing at worst. Yeah. Yep. And then it's going to be hard for the books, though, Kelly. It is going to be very hard for them because, like you said, it's almost a free bet. At four, it's almost a free bet because right. it's either going over or it's going to push because four are going, no doubt. Three are going in the top eight. And then so it's just when does Anthony Richardson go? Is he, I, is I, I think you're going to see more. I think you're going to see more four and a halves than maybe we think. Yeah. Well, be- right, because – there's a long time for someone to fall in love with someone else, right? And mm-hmm. we know that that has happened before. And like we mentioned, I mean, we can just look at some of these teams as we get further down the list here. I mean, there is New Orleans who's sitting there at 30. You can go up and see these are, there are teams that have multiple picks as well, right? So does a Lions who have a high pick but also have the 18th pick, do they say, hey, Jared Goff's been great, but – why don't we get one of these guys that can be a project, if he, even if he sits there for a year or two behind Jared Goff, and then now we still have this guy on a rookie deal, and we know that that's how this all works out. So, again, a lot of fallout here from not only this coaching hire, but when free agency really kicks in 
that's when things are going to start to take shape, and that's when, Kelly, we might be driving to the Arizona border to fire on some of these over-unders and things like that whenever they finally get posted. Because that's, I think that's probably like first week of March, I think, last year was when we started to see. Yeah, I don't think it's too, too far away. You're right. It's probably probably a couple weeks, something like that. I will say that I did I did reach out to two odds makers mm-hmm. last week when we were having this conversation to get an answer on the 4 4 and a half. And they both texted back basically the same thing of, Kelly, are you freaking serious texting me right now? I'm building a thousand Super Bowl props. What are you doing with this question? Well, guess what? They ain't building them no more. So we're getting them back on the show. We're going to be like, hey, feet to the fire here. What are you thinking about all that? Stick around here on a numbers game. We're going to talk to Jay Khan, see what's going on over in the NHL and see if he's got anything on his card for the evening. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. A numbers game on VSEN, the sports betting network. It is a numbers game brought to you by BetMGM. BetMGM, download the BetMGM app. Now the king of sports books, Matt Brown, Kelly Bidlin here, Gil Alexander out for the rest of the week. So you're stuck with me and Kelly, but it is okay because we get excellent guests like this next one right here. Jay Khan, it has been a hot minute, my friend. How are you? It has been a hot. It's been a hot minute, maybe since you guys have heard from me. But I've been listening to you guys break it down a lot, especially on the golf shows that you guys have been doing every week. I really enjoy those. So maybe we get into a little golf uh, by the time you guys boot me off here. But it's it's great to see and talk to you both both again. Oh, thanks, I would Jake. I would love to talk a little golf with you. But let's let's kick things off. Listen, I hard sold yeah. you on hockey, so we got to start with hockey and we'll go from there. This is more just some opinion stuff that I want to know from you. So Rangers currently tied for fifth most points. In the East, they acquired Vladimir Tarasenko from the Blues. Now, big year last year for him, maybe not quite so much this year so far, but what do you think this move does for him as a player and then just the Rangers as a team? Yeah, I I think it just makes them a much deeper team. If you look at his first two games, he played two games with the Rangers over the weekend. They won both of those games. They actually scored 12 goals combined in those games. So the offense showed up, and in one of the games was in Carolina. Nobody wins in Carolina. Nobody scores six goals in Carolina. So I think it was impressive when you look at his individual minutes. He actually played under 14 minutes in both of those games. So I think individually, I don't know if I would expect a huge surge from him because I think they're going to go with more of a depth approach. But from a team perspective, it just makes them a more dangerous team. In that top nine, they are absolutely loaded right now. They were my cup pick 
before the season. So I like to see this move. And on the odds board, they haven't really shifted much. I got them 20 to 1 on a cup future before the season started. They're still hovering around 15, 16 to 1, which I believe is a pretty fair number. It's a tough side of the bracket, which is the the only downfall to this. But I think the Rangers have as good a claim as, as anybody to make it through that Metropolitan Division side. LGR, Jake, I like that. I have a Rangers ticket as well, one of my two futures that I have. So, LGR. Kelly, I took uh, Rangers and Capitals. Those are my two teams this year. So, uh, that's who I I had. We we should have had Jake grade our NFL – or NFL, NHL (laughs) futures bets. Do you have have a couple? I have a couple, too. Yeah, I have a couple, too. I have a a Linus Olmark to uh, – Oh, he's like winning that like by a landslide, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tip the cap to a ball shot. I got that at like 4-1 to at the beginning of the season. And then how are the Golden Knights looking in this division? Because I have that bet. <laughs> and so we, that's the weakest division in all of hockey. So oh, I, I, and I say this a lot. That is a division that you can attack in terms of a future because someone's got to make it to the conference final through that side. And it could be Vegas. It could be Seattle. I kind of like the Edmonton Oilers, obviously, with their top-end talent with two of the best players in the world. Calgary has been way too inconsistent, but they do have potential to maybe make that jump, and L.A. has issues as well. So, yeah, all of those teams you could poke holes into, and I think anybody could make it out of the Pacific. So I don't mind your Vegas. I also do have the Allmark future as well, Kelly. So I'm riding with you and then praying that cashes. We got to wait till like June though for the NHL award. (laughs) Money is locked up forever. Whenever you ready to bet for the the next NFL NHL futures and stuff like that. So Jake, this might not be on your official card, but do want to look at what is perhaps the game of the evening where we have the Bruins on the road at the stars. This is both, you know, teams, the most point in their conferences and Boston with the absurd plus 80 and gold differential as they head into this one. Right now, they are minus 120 road favorites over the Stars with a total of five and a half. Just kind of your general thoughts on this one. Yeah, yeah it's not on my card yet, but I've been looking at this game and i tempted by the Dallas Stars as a home dog. I think anytime you see a quality team as a home dog in the NHL, it, it does pique your interest. But the other side of that is going against the Boston Bruins. And this team just rarely loses multiple games in a row. They came out of the break. They lost on the weekend. They didn't play Olmark in that game, actually, which was very surprising because there was so much time off between games. So I'm going to assume he gets back between the pipes tonight and we could see an elite goaltending matchup. If it's Olmark for the Bruins and it's Jake Ottinger for the Dallas Stars, if, if you talk about somebody that could maybe catch Olmark and, and ruin uh, mine and Kelly's party for that NHL award, <laughs> I think Jake Ottinger could be a name to look out for. The Stars are going to have to ride him in the second half. But this is not a game I'm going to be betting on the money line, most likely, unless we see a, a bit of an odd shift here. I, I think they have it pretty much bang on. I, I, I'd expect a lower scoring game in this one, guys. Really close, like 3-2 nail-biter type game. So, Jake, on the polar opposite end of that one, we have a game like the Blackhawks and the Canadians, two of the worst teams in the NHL. We got about 28, give or take, games left in the season. What do you do with a game like this at this point in the year where it's two bad teams, not really nothing to play for whatsoever? Are these games you just instantly scratch off your card, or is there still value to be had in these two bad teams at play? For the money line, I usually scratch it off because the winner and loser, I think especially with this year, and look, I I don't think teams go out there and try to lose games. These players are fighting for money. They're fighting for contracts. They're young players fighting for a a spot in the league. So I think management puts rosters on the ice that won't look too good, especially in a year like this with Connor Bedard sitting there, probably one of the best prospects we've seen in hockey in years. But the players are are going to try. So if you can find an angle on these games, I'd still be comfortable betting them. Like if you look at this one, I can't lay minus 145 with the Habs. So if I'm taking anything in one of these games, I'm just going to blindly play the dog and take mm-hmm. the plus money and hope that the Blackhawks show up. 
It's a game you could attack for a total shot props as well, I think are still very live for games like this. Uh, you know, example for this game, I really like where Kirby Doc is at in the lineup. Nick Suzuki as well has been shooting a lot for the Montreal Canadiens in the absence of Cole Caulfield. He looks like he's done for the year. He was their big shooter and young guys like Kirby Doc and Nick Suzuki are, are guys to look at, I think, not only tonight, but for the rest of the year in that shot prop market. I know one game I think that you said you are looking at tonight, 7.30 Eastern Senators and the Islanders right now. The Islanders minus 195 home favorites here over the Senators, plus 165 on the road. Dog six is the total. What's your angle in this one? Yeah, this is one of my one of my favorite spots, I think, of the night. Uh, you're watching the Senators last night. They played. They actually had an unbelievable comeback last night against the Calgary Flames. I watched the whole game. They were as dead as can be. They went full zombie mode in this game, guys. It was 3-1 late. They were getting dominated, skated off the sheet, and they came back, scored two late goals, one in overtime. Now they got to pick up and travel to to New York to face the Islanders. So they got to go from Ottawa to New York. Not a not crazy trip, but still a trip nonetheless. And I just think that this is a game the Isles absolutely cannot lose. They're going to get the the benefit of a great goaltending matchup. Sorokin is going to probably start this game for the Isles. And the Sens are working with like their third, fourth, fifth string goaltenders at this point with so many injuries. So it's been steamed a little bit. Last night it opened around minus 160 and I was able to grab it. And I, I don't mind the puck line. If, if you're if you're comfortable laying and you want the plus money, I think the puck line, it's sitting around plus 150 right now. Um, that's that's a line I'd, I'd be willing to back. I think the Islanders win this game 4-1, 5-1, something in that range. Talking to Jay Khan, co-host of The Point, also Fantasy Hockey Show over on Sirius XM. If you want to find him on the Twitter machine, Jay Han. Four. Let's go to the two late puck drops here. Nine Eastern Lightning and the Avalanche. Minus 125 Lightning on the road here. Plus 105 Avalanche at home. Six is the total. I was breaking down a lot of these games with you guys last year in the Stanley Cup final, right? This Islanders-Colorado Avalanche Stanley Cup final rematch. And I, I don't think it's the line we would have expected at this point of the year. You would expect Colorado on home ice to be a pretty healthy favorite. But with the amount of injuries that they're dealing with right now, it's like one player comes back, two players leave. It's been a, a really tumultuous season for them in terms of injuries. Kale McCarr is out. But if you really dig deep in, into their injuries, I don't think it's all that bad for this game. And... I'm comfortable taking a shot on the Avs at a slight dog price here at, at Ball Arena, where it's still very difficult to win. These two teams played uh, about a week ago, and the Lightning just crushed the Avs. But it was 5 nothing, I believe, was the final in that game. But that was in Tampa, where Tampa's been really, really good this year. They've been very average on the road. So getting a, a nice price like this on home ice with the Avs, I'll take a shot and hope whoever is in the lineup for them is, is good enough to find a way to beat the, the Tampa Bay Lightning tonight. Then the final puck drop of the evening, 10.30 Eastern Penguins on the road at the Sharks. They do find themselves as minus 155 road favorites. If you want the Sharks, plus 135 at home in this one, six and a half the total. These two teams also just played recently, and they played to a tune of a 6-4 game. So we had 10 goals in that game. I think we see another higher scoring game in this one tonight as well. The, the Penguins, they have offensive talent, but they just bleed high danger chances. They're, they're one of the worst teams in that aspect this year. So I, I think the Sharks can get them for a couple. I feel like the Pens should be pretty comfortable scoring in this game. Total's high for a reason. It's set at 6.5, but I think I'm pretty comfortable going there. This is also a great shot prop game, guys. I think you could look to Jake Gensel, Ricard Raquel on the Penguin side of the ledger if you, if you want to look to guys like maybe logan couture tomas hurdle timo meyer on the shark side of the ledger i think that this is going to be a pretty high event game in san jose tonight all right jake we've got about 30 seconds left on this tell me about your golf season so far what guy are you really really high on what guy are you really really low on because i'm sure we all have guys that for whatever reason yeah. hate betting love betting whatever it might be 
Yeah, I think I think you almost have to stick with a couple guys that that sit in that like 20 to 50 range and just hope you're right on them. And at some point that they hit because the, the big dogs are winning, as you guys know, right? Like Scotty wins. He goes back to back at waste management with the win this past weekend. Rom's won a couple times. Rory won over in Dubai. So these top guys are, are winning golf tournaments right now. And it's it's making it difficult to find those big numbers. I'm a, I'm a Sung Jae Im guy and I'm a Sam Burns guy. These are a couple players that I really believe in that I think it push down the odds board a little bit in terms of their talent. So these are players I like at this golf course, long and straight. I think they can hit fairways and greens. That's what we're looking for uh, at Riviera. So I'll be looking to those guys, but top of the board wise, I, I think Justin Thomas is, is the play this week, the way that he's striking the ball. Oh, Jake, you mentioned Sammy Burns and you have me, my friend, you have my heart. Yes. Anytime you mention Sammy Burns, you can find him over on the fantasy hockey show on Sirius XM. Also co-host of the point on the turn machine at Jahan for Jake Han. Thanks for the time, buddy. Thanks, boys. Great to talk to you again. Coming back with Kai McKeon. A numbers game on VSEN, the sports betting network. If you're looking for a betting edge on the NHL, NBA, or college basketball, the VSEN experts have got you covered. Become a VSEN Pro subscriber with an introductory offer of only $9.99 American, $13.32 Canadian. VSEN Pro subscribers get access to our daily recap of plays made by VSEN show hosts and guests, tools like our betting splits, deep dive betting reports, VSEN betting guides for the biggest games of the season, where our experts break down the brackets, the best bets, and the daily props. Don't miss out on this limited time offer. Head to VSEN.com slash subscribe today for this $9.99 introductory offer. That is VS. IN.com slash subscribe. Do you have a big following of uh, of Canadian listeners? You feel like you, that's got to travel everywhere you go? Uh, greater percentage than one would think is what it is. <laughs> and yes, uh, it is for my vast hockey and uh, hockey knowledge that I get a lot of Canadian followers on the Twitter. I'm just machine. impressed. That yeah. started with primetime action. You have carried it over all the way through. It is it is something to witness. Well, listen, it, we have a lot of Canadian subscribers to VEASAN Pro, and I want them to know what it's going to run them. If we say $9.99 American, and they go in and they are like, wait, this is costing me 1332 it's like well they need to know exactly what it's going to cost them and so yes 1332 as of today as of today could change tomorrow watch out for tomorrow don't roll the dice could be 1340 tomorrow or something like that so let's go ahead and get that done so he is we have an update i believe on Derek carr yes right yes yes Derek carr is going to refuse any and all trade offers here so he wants to hit the open market look you and i were kind of we'll talk about this later in the show but i think you were saying Look, it makes sense, right? I mean, like, it's it's limited to teams that would trade for him as opposed mm-hmm. to any team out there at all if he goes and gets released. And so I think from his end, it makes sense. It just kind of, you know, the Raiders are going to get nothing in return here. Yeah, so, I don't know. Yeah. If you're Derek Carr, like, what, <laughs> what, do, what do you owe the Raiders at this point? Yeah. Yeah. Release me. Let me sign somewhere. <laughs> uh, Port saying, so that re- release will become official at 4 p.m. today. He doesn't specify Eastern or Pacific, so I'm going to go with Eastern. Uh, Ian Rappaport uh, is is tweeting about before p.m. today, he would be released and could sign. Uh, Saints still in the mix is what he is saying, so he could easily just go turn around and sign right away with the New Orleans Saints. It would would make sense anyway, again, for the Saints if you believe that – you know, again, in a very poor division that they might be just a quarterback away from being able to compete. He is one-third of the three-man weave. He you can find him on the on the Twitter machine at Kai, at, uh, Kai underscore three MW. He is Kai McKeon. Thanks for joining us, buddy. Yeah, Matt, thanks for having me. 
So I want to start out here with just kind of a macro question for you. Tennessee kind of cruising along, right? And everything seemed great. Then now they've lost three of four. Now two I get were at the buzzer beater variety, but those were they were 10.5-point favorites and 12.5-point favorites. So, again, you, you get in the position to lose at the buzzer beater. you got to wonder why that happens in, in the first place. The one win they had, they only scored 46 points, shoot 26, 27% from the floor, 9% from three. What do you think about this team as we're kind of heading down the stretch here? Is this just like, ah, it's a little blip in the radar, or is it something to be a little concerned about? Yeah, I, I tend to lean blip in the radar, but we we know Rick Barnes' history in the NCAA tournament, so I wouldn't feel confident necessarily in picking them past the first weekend. Uh, but but these losses have been uh, kind of due to two factors. Number one, we know Tennessee tends to stall on offense sometimes. This has been a problem every single year for them, and, and their style of play kind of lends to it. And number two is their defensive three-point percentage uh, this season was it, the pace, it was ridiculous what, what teams were shooting against them. It was below 23% for a while. A couple teams finally get hot and take them down. And then they really hadn't dealt with that adversity this season. So I think it's a little bit of a variance. And I think it's a little bit of, uh, yep, we, we can see the holes on offense here for this Tennessee team. So I tend to think blip in the radar, but going forward, I'm still pretty hesitant. So we know Tennessee and Alabama are at least would be considered good by the general population out there in the SEC. Are there any other SEC teams that are good? Man, that's a good question. Uh, I, I would say those two for sure, right? At, at Auburn, I still have questions about. I, I still have questions about Texas A&M. My Missouri Tigers, I'm not too confident in, especially as a good Missouri Tigers fan. We're always kind of pessimistic. <laughs> and then Kentucky, you certainly you can't call them good as well. Uh, yeah, I, I think there's two elite teams in this conference. It is Alabama, it is Tennessee, and probably the, the only two Final Four contenders I truly see. With apologies to Arkansas, they are getting Nick Smith back, but I'm still not a big believer in that team. Let's talk about a couple of games that are on your card this evening. First one, 7 p.m. Eastern. we got Central Michigan and Bowling Green. Bowling Green, about seven-point favorite, seven, seven and a half right now as we look across the country here, 145 being the total. What do you like in this one? I like Bowling Green here, uh, minus seven. Now they haven't won in a while. They have five straight losses, but I think it's a good get right game for them. Uh, they beat Central Michigan by 22 in the first game uh, between these two teams. And most importantly, there's no Jesse Zarzuela for Central Michigan. They're now one and four against the spread without him in the lineup. And they were down double digits to Miami in the last game before they made a furious comeback. So it really could be 0 and five against the spread. I don't think odds makers or, or analytical sites have adjusted for his absence. Um, so I think you're getting a pretty cheap price here at minus seven for Bowling Green. Then we have at 830 Eastern LSU and Georgia, Georgia, a four and a half point home favorite. As we sit right now, 139 being the total. Are you back in the Tigers in this one? Or is it the, or is it the home team? I'm going the dogs. I'm, I'm going Georgia Bulldogs here. Uh, it's mainly a keep fading LSU play. They're, they're lost. <clears throat> they're seven and 17 against the spread this year. It's fourth worst in the country. They're one and 10 against the spread in their last 11. They're one and four against the spread on the road. It's just not a good team right now. It's an even worse road team. And Georgia just got Terry Roberts back for the Kentucky game. He's their point guard. He's their best player. <clears throat> Excuse me. Makes a huge difference. Um, and Georgia's a competent team, especially at home. I think they can take care of business here. Cover four and a half. Talking to Kai McKeon, part of the three-man weave crew. Again, find him on the Twitter machine at Kai underscore 3MW. A couple of other games I know you don't have plays on, but I do want to get your opinion here. A couple of tightly contested games. We've got Creighton, winners of eight in a row. Providence to drop two of its last three. And we're looking here at a 
at about a two-point game, these two teams did meet about a month ago where Creighton won by six. Any thoughts here as Creighton as a road favorite? Yeah, uh, tough to step in front of Creighton right now with the way they're playing, Uh, but the dunk or the place formerly known as the dunk is a really tough place to play. Um, It's a fantastic crowd every single time. This is a huge game, obviously, with Creighton and Providence kind of still fighting for that uh, that one seed in the Big East tournament. Um, I lean towards Providence here. I lean towards the dog. I think they get it done, um, um, pull an upset. It's it's more so about Ed Cooley magic and the dunk magic than anything else. Uh, they just have a really tough home court, and it's a great spot. And one other game that I think people might be tuning into tonight, especially if you are an Oklahoma State fan, uh, they've won five in a row, seven of eight. I think you would probably consider them firmly on the bubble as far as getting in to the tournament. Two-point dogs tonight to Kansas. Yeah, that uh, that road win at Iowa State was huge. That that probably got them in the tournament. They now have seven wins in the Big 12. And it's impressive because they're doing this without Avery Anderson, one of their best guards who's done for the year with uh, wrist surgery. They keep playing tough. It's their defense. They have the best defense in the Big 12 this season in conference play. They force turnovers. They they are wickedly tough to score on uh, inside the paint. I think they give Kansas the game here. We know Kansas is vulnerable this season, especially on the road in Big 12 play. And just like Providence, uh, Gallagher-Iber Arena is a tough, tough place to play. Lean Oklahoma State. Kai, we had an article, you know, well, actually not an article. We had some blips from our college basketball guys here in the newsletter this morning where basically they were just asked to give three overall general opinions of the college basketball season so far. And, and all three separate of each other all said, we're dealing with a landscape that has no, no elite team. Like we just have no team that just stands out above everybody else. Do you kind of agree with that sentiment? Uh, yeah, I suppose so. I, I guess it's more of a, a small group of teams versus just maybe one or two. I think there's a couple teams that are going to separate themselves. I still think Houston's elite. I think Alabama's elite. Um, Purdue could get there. Kansas Baylor could get there, especially Baylor with the way their, um, their guys are turning towards, uh, health wise. Now I still think UCLA is a really, really good team. So I'd probably put those teams in a group of elite. And I think it's, uh, I, I think there's a clear pecking order more than people think out there. Is there a, is there any team with a bigger number by their name that you are? I'm not saying that you're necessarily recommending to get in the account or anything like that, but you're at least keeping an eye on because you think if things were to run yeah. pure, that they could make a run. Gosh. I mean, I'm still seeing Baylor at 22 to one. Mm-hmm. This team could get a one seed in the tournament. It's still very much in play. And uh, Jonathan Chamwa Chachua is back for them inside. He makes a huge difference difference to their defense. It's been their main weakness this season with him back in the fold. This team's ceiling gets uh, very, very high. And again, 22 to one for a potential one seed, definitely a two seed right now. I think that's pretty good value. He is Kai McKeon. He is part of the three man weave crew. You can find him over on the Twitter machine at Kai underscore three M W Kai. Thanks for the insight, buddy. And good luck tonight. Yeah. Thanks, Matt. So, Kelly, as we said here at the top of this one, Derek Carr saying that he is not going to be, will not agree to any trade that the Raiders bring to him, and he is going to go ahead and get released and have his pick of the litter. Now, I also see some rumors here saying that the Jets could possibly be interested. So, kind of a Jets and Saints situation there for Derek Carr. I mean, listen, I don't think anyone's going to group him into the elite quarterbacks right now, but if you're, if you believe if you're the jets that you are at least just a competent quarterback away from being a contender, or if you're the saints who looks, look at themselves in a very, very weak division, 
I mean, maybe it makes sense. It's going to be very interesting where this domino falls because it could change everything. Let's uh, let's talk more about on the other side because there's a couple quarterbacks, including him, I feel like I've been defending a lot lately. Let's talk some NFL futures when we come back. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. A numbers game on VSEN, the sports betting network. Basketball fans can turn a loss into a win with the king of sportsbooks. Just place a first single first basket score prop bet on any NBA game, and if your bet loses, you'll receive up to $25 back in bonus bets. Wager confidently and take your game to the next level with BetMGM, an authorized gaming partner of the NBA. Just log into your account and download the BetMGM app and sign up today. Then, wager on any player to score the first basket in any NBA game. If your bet misses, you'll get up to $25 back in bonus bets. Turn game time into showtime with BetMGM. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. 21 years of age or older to wager. New and existing customer offer here. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Reward issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets bonus bets expire seven days from issuance. Please gamble responsibly. If you have a gaming problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available. Over in Mississippi. Kelly, we are sitting here. It is Matt Brown filling in for Gill today. Kelly Bidlin is still behind the glass. I have not gotten a single tweet of anyone canceling their subscription because they tuned in and it was me this morning. So 45 minutes in, success. I, I, we just did get a good success. We did just get a good one from uh, Sky High. He said, uh, listening to Vston taking the kids to school, they both asked, where's Gill? He's on vacation. When's he coming back? Sorry, Kelly and Matt. You are the voice of my kids this morning. They still enjoy listening to you guys, though. So I guess we got that. I also need to reassess probably a lot more of what I say on this show now that I know that children are listening. <laughs> Thank you, children. And we appreciate the uh, the vote of confidence there. Uh, again, he didn't say he canceled the subscription. So everything is good. Yeah, they're still yeah. listening. First 45, yeah, 45 minutes in. That's right. And everything is rocking and rolling over here on a numbers game. I hope Gil's having fun wherever he ended up. But let's uh, let's take a look here at some of these NFL news and notes. And again, we're we're getting this news about Derek Carr. And now he's linked to Saints, linked to Jets, linked to whatever. And I do wonder, though, Kelly, if the big 
shoe to drop really and truly, though, is what's going to happen with Aaron Rodgers. And if any of these teams are going to actually pull the trigger on a Derek Carr before they figure out if Aaron Rodgers is going to be available via trade or not, and he's in a closet somewhere, so we don't know, like, if that's going to happen anytime soon. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Uh, a closet, a hut, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> um, the uh, Yes, I think you're right. I also don't think it's – you know, we often say, especially when we're, we're talking sports betting, you're reading too far into something, right? Yeah. I don't think I'm reading too far into the Jets hiring the coaches that they're hiring, right? It's all guys that have worked with Aaron Rodgers or Derek Carr before in their past. I think that's something that, look, I, I think it, it, it tips you off a little bit of what they're thinking mm-hmm. with their offseason plans as far as the quarterback position. Um, and look, of course, Aaron Rodgers is, is great, and, and that's who everybody's going to want. But, uh, you know, kind of like you were hitting on at the end of last time, you can do a lot worse than Derek Carr. This mm-hmm. this Raiders thing seemingly turned real quick. I don't even really fully understand what happened still. Um, and for seemingly the past, like, six weeks, eight weeks, whatever it's been, I've been defending Derek Carr because there's so many crappy quarterbacks in the NFL. Do I, yeah. is, is he Patrick Mahomes, and he's going to go win a Super Bowl for you tomorrow? Hey, children's program. All right, watch your watch your language over there. <laughs> children's program, Kelly. Like, cal- calm it down. Cal- calm it down, buddy. Uh, no, I don't think he's single-handedly leading you to a Super Bowl, but this guy is good enough to make, get you into the playoffs, and who knows from there? Yeah, I mean, so the the, the Aaron Aaron Rodgers situation is is fairly interesting because I do think it it affects basically all of these other guys, right? Because Everyone is going to opt for Aaron Rodgers if whatever reason they can pull it off and it makes sense and it doesn't basically cripple their program. Now, I I was down in Phoenix last week. I had Mike Florio on the show. I asked him about this. Mike Florio came out and he said, look, I think deep down the Packers do want to move on from Aaron Rodgers. It's just they don't want to give him away. And so he was kind of saying, look, if a team comes along and gives them anything of value then they would probably want to move on because they're tired of all this stuff going on off season every single season. Is he coming back? Is he not coming back? Is he happy? Is he not happy? Is he whatever, whatever we spent this first round pick on this guy who's now sat for four years and all the, you know, so there, there's all of this going on. I think at this point, knowing that he's, even if he does come back, you're probably only getting another year out of him anyway. Cause it seems like he is kind of over it. And it's just be coming back for the 60 million yep. that he's owed. So they would want to, he, th- he thinks, and he said, he said, full disclosure, I don't have any sources on this. So he's not saying that this is coming from someone. But he said, I truly believe the Packers do want to move on from Aaron Rodgers. It's just they have to figure out the right way to do it to where it's not like, oh, we're giving him away for a fifth rounder. Because then at that point, like, you know, you're, you're, it's not worth it. Whatever, just pay him the money. I think that, yeah, I, I think they should still be able to get a nice haul for him. I, I do that, even a couple twos, exactly. like, even a couple twos can help a help a program, right? I mean, like can help a franchise. I mean, even if, it's, even if it's not a first rounder, if you can get a couple twos, like that, that's decent haul. Yeah, no, yeah. And look, I think if you're a Packers fan out there, I, I think you need to start Wyatt Tomchek second day. Yeah. So second day <laughs> row. Shout out Wyatt Tomchek on the mm-hmm. show. Um, I think you need to start thinking a little bit more realistically about what the future of this franchise is, right? Mm-hmm. I, I think now that the season's over. We can truly look back and assess what happened to the Chiefs offense and the Packers offense when they lost marquee wide receivers, right? Yeah. The Chiefs went on and won a Super Bowl because part in part because of their quarterback leading them to that position. On the Green Bay side, while I still think Aaron Rodgers is great, 
There's obviously some attitude issues there, I, be- I believe. I guess. Yes. <laughs> um, they still have a great set of running backs. Their wide receiving core is really not that much better or that much worse than what Kansas City has. And, yes, Travis Kelsey exists on the Kansas City side, which Green Bay does, doesn't have. But there's not that I, – I just think – I think when you're talking about kind of hitting the restart button, it makes a lot more sense now than it would have a year ago, two years ago, when you really feel like you were maybe one piece away. I don't know if I feel like the Packers are just one piece away from getting right back in that Super Bowl conversation. Yeah, and like all of these dominoes, and that kind of takes us to our our pro tip for the hour we're talking about too, is could really lead to what happens in the draft as well. Like, could one of these teams really take us off guard here and end up taking one of these veteran quarterbacks, and and then it's going to really shake things up? I'm kind of looking ahead to the NFL draft props. So keep an eye on that total number of first-round quarterbacks whenever it does come out and see if they set this thing at four. Because if so, we're going to be really looking, really looking at the over on that because there's very few scenarios in which four do not get taken. And then... Anything like after that, you're just you're just free rolling. I would imagine you'd be free rolling by the middle of the first round yeah. and at that point. And so I think you'd be feeling pretty good about it. Of course, those pro tips you can find over on VEASAN.com. As part of being a pro subscriber, you get all those in a nice little handy-dandy box there that you can go in and sort through. So be sure and take a look at those over there. But, Kelly, I mean, it is – I don't think the Colts – would go retread quarterback again after it's failed four times, three times in a row. I don't think one of these other teams that has a high draft pick would forego being able to get one of these guys on a rookie contract and see if they pan out over five years. But look, weirder things have happened, right? I mean, I have no idea really and truly where the Colts believe they are as a franchise. Maybe they think that they're way better and they could honestly trade for Aaron Rodgers and that would put them in a Super Bowl. I don't believe that, but yeah. maybe they believe that. And so that's kind of like, I think the Aaron Rodgers thing is kind of the first thing that needs to happen in all this before we can really get a, a true idea of how this is all going to shake out. Yeah. I mean, the, I mean, the jets are right there, right? Right. I, I think the jets, look, you go out and acquire an Aaron Rodgers. I mean, that team gets, I, they're, they're immediately in that, yeah, this is what's always tough about the AFC. They're immediately a sold yeah, player. They're, 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 they're at least immediately in the upper half of teams in the in the conference. Yeah, I know the AFC is so tough. They're immediately in the top five. Yeah, of the AFC. right. I know, and that's like the problem is because you. I think he wouldn't mind going to the Jets, but then at the same time, like if you know you've only got a year to play, maybe two years to play, wouldn't you want to go ring hunting and and going ring hunting when you got to get through Patrick Mahomes and Joe Burrow and Josh Allen and maybe Lamar? I mean, who knows? We'll see. What, yeah. Justin Herbert, whatever. Like it just—it's one of those things where you might sit back and go, "Well, is this is this a good decision after all?" Like I don't know. If I'm Aaron Rodgers, Derek Carr, Lamar Jackson, I all three of them, I'm looking to go to the NFC. Yeah. I, or, or Aaron Rodgers' situation, stay in the NFC, right. even if it's not with the Packers. It's like the Saints can't. Af- I don't think the Saints can afford him and all that. But it's like that one would be interesting. I think if you're Aaron Rodgers, because you go down, you play in a dome, so you're in perfect conditions all the time. You are in one of the weakest, if not the weakest, conferences we are about to see ever of all time. Yeah, I mean. It is it is horrible this conference and what it's going to look like and so, I, you know the Saints like I said the Saints did a, get a thir- did get that thirtieth pick are they willing to give up a first rounder for a guy that might be a one year rental I you know probably not it's just but it, if you're Aaron Rodgers I at least would be having conversations to see if that could possibly 
work out because if you are going ring hunting, the first thing you got to do is at least get in the tournament. And like, while we assume that if he went to the Jets, they would be a playoff team, there's just a lot of good teams in the AFC. There is, there is. I, I guess the one thing to keep in mind is they would have to, they would have to trade him, right, Aaron Rodgers. So yeah. I don't know if, if you're really getting traded to an NFC team. That one might be hard. That might be harder. It might be hard, but. It depends on what you get in return, depends right? There's always yep, yep, yep. there's always a price. When we come back, but when we come back, we're gonna talk to C and Najad, talk a little golf, a little NFL on the second hour. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 